I just I just love the idea that from now on, whether you're on video or not, you're just constantly dressed as old Victorian people. That's correct. Which would be just amazing in period costume. Yes. yes. You're going to hear me coming. You're going to hear my crinoline <laughs> swishing. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm her little brother, William. And we are here for another episode of Other Voices, where we invite somebody that we know on the internet, who we admire, who we like, to talk with us and switch it up a little bit here on Guides the Unknown. You're sick of hearing just us, let's face it. It's enough. It's enough with these two voices. And this week, we are talking to Darcy Staniforth, internet cool person, host of Mysteries Decoded, uh, producer, I believe, of Euphemet. Let's fill in that blank in just a second. And <laughs> let's talk to Darcy. Darcy, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to be here with both of you. This is like, I feel like this is a hangout that's been like a long time coming. I yeah, a very long time. I, I spoke to you exactly once years ago when we did an episode of... Um, of Euphemet. Of Euphemet. Yeah. That's why I tripped up for a second. I was trying to think what your actual like position within Euphemet is. Is producer accurate to say? I don't think producer would be accurate, but okay. more like Jim's part-time co-host sometimes on like the Night Drift episodes yeah. and the Patreon hangs, yeah, yeah. which again was another like we met in another, we also met as internet cool friends and have become cool friends. So yeah. yes. Right. Ugh, it's yes. the best. So how did you meet Jim? How did I basically have like a lot of superhero origin yeah, story questions for you. Totally, I'm totally fine. Okay. Um, so, so I was a Euphemet fan before ever meeting. Cause how are you not a fan of that? Like right. it's one of so those. It's so good. It's so good. And the way I describe it to people is like the NPR of the paranormal world. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. I just, I love Jim because of the fact that, he just lets people tell their stories. It's not a judgment call. It's just hearing these incredible stories. But then the production value is incredible. Like as somebody who comes from like that, the entertainment world in certain ways, like I, I just appreciated all of it. Yeah. And um, so when he was doing like, and I became a Patreon supporter very early on. And so when he had Ryan Singer on, who I happen to be friends with, uh, I came on to like hang out on the Patreon, hang with them. And we just like hit it off from there and oh. had some great conversations and then started connecting. And then I started coming back to like the Patreon hangs. And then uh, Jim, Jim, in case you don't know, uh, has a deep love and involvement with uh, wrestling. Sure. Yes. And he is part of Defy which is an amazing independent wrestling. And I also grew up loving wrestling. So we, we've talked about, uh, you know, wrestling a lot. And when he, uh, him and Kendrick came down a little while ago and we got to like hang out with them, nice. but then he was down for defy and I got to go hang out with like rest pro wrestlers oh, like wow. all night, which was just amazing. And it was a really great experience. So we've had all these like great, you know, interactions and, and we've just become incredible friends and I feel so for, and then I like, because of Jim got to know you all. And then, so it's just, I know the worlds of like great people just keep coming together. And I just feel so fortunate as I've like come back into this paranormal world in different ways that I'm, I'm in, I, and this might sound weird to folks, but like, I feel like I'm in with the right people. 
And that's not because it's like the cool kids table, but Uh it's the inclusive, welcoming, we want to not be problematic. We want to have fun with this, but also like what it was that a you know ghost was that a the, like and yeah. so i just feel so fortunate so that's how jim and i met that's really great i i love that i think i i don't know how long have you been doing like shows like podcasts so i got into podcasting fairly early on i used to do a podcast with some other friends of mine called scoreboard which was not a sports podcast. It was okay. a scores and soundtracks podcast. Oh, wow. Oh, fun. Um, because we are uh, nerdy film and theater people. Yeah. Yeah. And so we did that for a couple years and then that kind of tailed off. But I got involved with like going to and volunteering with um, the LA Podcast Festival when that was happening, which was like such an incredible thing. A lot of comedy based stuff. Um, and so, I went for a couple of years and then they're like, we need volunteers. And I'm like, I'll run around helping people and getting to like have free admission to like my favorite thing of the year. Right. And so getting to know other folks through that and other podcasters and then was kind of because I guess I should back up a little bit before podcasting. I did radio for eight years at a college and community station here in the area and I had a show called The Free For All. And cool. so I was the little he- the little heater on the free for all. Yeah. And um wait, was your nickname the little heater? Yeah. That's awesome. That. That's really That's so cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Me the little so, heater. Yeah. I started with originally with a co-host at three to six in the morning. Whoa. The big heater. Was, uh, yeah. No, fluke. Yeah. He was like, my nickname's gonna be fluke. And I was like, okay, so it's the little and heater. The little heater. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. And so we start at three to six in the morning. And then That's as we like did more time, we got then went to like six to eight, then yeah. six to eight in the morning, six to nine. And so then I decided, well, like we're going to play music, but also I want to start having guests on. And so we had bands. And I think in the eight years total, because the fluke, whose real name is Brian, ended up graduating, but I kept the show going. And so because it wasn't because I didn't graduate. It's just I was a community member. Sure. So it, wasn't yeah, like, yeah. it wasn't like um, PCU, like Jeremy yeah, Pierre's right. character just that's just there for forever. <laughs> right. Um, but like I uh, I just kept the show going. But I had probably in that, I think in that time, I had like well over 100 guests and bands come on. Wow. That's so um, cool. And people like, we had Pat Oswalt on and Janine Garofalo and David Cross and John Lovitz and Bow Wow Wow came on and other local bands wow. and just like all these people. And people always be like, well, how did you get these people on? And be like, I just, I asked. Yeah. And then they yes. said, yes. Yeah. That's what you got to do. <laughs> There's a lot yeah. to be said for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big right. time. And so then coming into the podcasting world, it was like, um, you know, like this makes sense because like I've done radio before. Like I love this medium and I love listening to like, like my three main like genres are going to be like true crime, paranormal and like comedy are going to be like my three. But in with a great trifecta. Yeah. The great trifecta. And also like within true crime, like cults and like, MLMs like those kinds of like yeah, yeah. that's also people- currently my sweet spot. I got gotcha. you. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so um when Ryan Singer and I uh started connecting on things, uh we so so we so this story. So <laughs> he invited me to um UPARS, which is the uh UFO and Paranormal Research Society of LA. Mm-hmm. And he's like, 
you should come. It's like a great time. People do all these things. I'm like, great. So I get in my car and I'm heading up to LA because I live about, I live in Orange County. Um, and so I'm, it, it takes a little while to get to LA, but I'm not like crazy far away. It's just traffic. And mm -hmm. so I'm like, I'm, I'll come meet you. And like, I'm almost there. And he's like, I can't make it tonight. I'm like, okay, no problem. I can still, I'll go be my make new friend self. And so me being a, a weird extra extrovert, I was like, I'm going to plant myself in the middle of this room. Yeah. And that night was supposed to be um, a presentation on a secret space program. I was like, great. Sounds cool. fun. UFOs, that kind Perfect. of thing. And then they had a gentleman get up there who, and here's the thing. I, I, I want to put a note on this. <laughs> I, I don't believe wait. everybody has to have advanced degrees. Sure. I don't think so. Um, I think that there is incredible researchers and people in all fields that have the experience and put the time in. Yeah. However, this person's credentials were that they had a lot of views on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, and they did not cite their sources and they were um, rather young and then uh, and happened to also be uh, very white and very male and very blonde. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So it's a demographic that sure. from a certain administration year was very popular uh, in yeah. certain groups. And so again, a, a trifecta. That's a real right? hit. Yeah. Right. And so, <laughs> a classic. Yeah. Yeah. It's a classic. Um, and so this person is dropping things and, and saying things like, um, I'm not saying the Holocaust didn't happen, but, and I was oh, like, Oh no. God. No, 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 no. And I'm just sitting where there. Where am like, I? How did yeah. this happen? Where, where am I? But then I'm also thinking like, is this what Ryan's into? Oh God. Right. Right. Is this Ryan's an indication? Right. What, yes. what are the implications of this? Yes. And so, um, I, at the, the, uh, kind of break decided to exit myself. And Skadoodle. so the next day I had to be like, Hey, Ryan, <laughs> I got some questions for you. He was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. No, 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 not what I know. And so we started talking about um, how these problematic issues within the world of the paranormal yeah. and looking at things like racism and sexism and xenophobia and transphobia and um, all of these things that people sometimes aren't aware of or they just ignore and somehow pass off like it's fine sure mm -hmm. and so i started like i was on me and paranormal you with him and then we did a whole three-part series on problems in the paranormal and he's like i will bring the podcast part can you bring the research part oh. so i brought my american studies brain to things and was like here are some things we might want to understand and so from there it was like starting back into different podcasting realms with like guesting and stuff and then lo and behold the mysteries decoded podcast got i got approached with that like hey yeah. is this something you're interested in and you know you are both familiar with the entertainment industry you know that a lot of times like sure yeah this won't happen <laughs> yeah uh, right. yeah nothing's I'm happening sure. until it's actually happening and right. then it was happening and yeah. then the pandemic happened yeah and we had to finish in the pandemic and then it was a lot of waiting um yeah. and now and now people can hear all eight episodes as a companion piece to season two of the tv show which is Listen, really exciting that's amazing and honestly like that's also like what a win story i oh. there there are tons of people 
I think everybody in the entertainment industry has a, and then the pandemic hit horror story. Oh, sure. Yeah. This was lining up. This was going to happen. Yeah. And then it just couldn't. And I, you know, I, I totally get, I'm so glad that, that one of yours actually, actually made it to the finish line. Right. And I will tell you, I think we're very fortunate that we, like we had to make a few tweaks here and there to like catch up with some things. Sure. But luckily it wasn't a podcast that was like next week or this thing and so i was i was like and this is where the paranormal high strange and occult are timeless (laughs) yeah (laughs) nice that's true yep yep it's true it's very true it's very true it's never the wrong time yeah that does work beautifully and then all you would have to do is just to reference like when the premiere of the season is like add right. that in later, but the stories that you told were kind of like capsule stories to a degree. Evergreen. Yeah. Yeah. Evergreen. And and the I think the cool thing is that like in in this community that we're in, people love hearing some of the same stories, but uh-huh. also different because you get different versions out of people. So and like, true. we in everyone we did for that show, we interviewed for like two hours a piece. And oh, then had wow. to like, trim it down yeah and so but we i think we did really good edits and i really always want to like you know integrity wise like make sure that things are matching with you know not like that Uh is not what i said about that right yeah not doing like weird reality show splicing yeah no 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 because again like i've i've gotten to like know and become friends with many of these people some of the people i was friends with anyways but getting to like know people and it's like i don't I don't want to be that person. So it's been this really interesting trajectory of like, here it is. And yep. then it was like, people were like, oh, it's, it's because ha- so long, like what happened? I'm like, I don't. Yeah. It's and somewhere. when you have folks that are outside of the entertainment industry, they don't understand that. They're very like, it's like, a slow moving. Doesn't it? Yeah. But it, but it, it's, it happened. I'm like, it did happen, but sometimes right. things happen and you will never see them. Yeah. And other times it will happen. And you will see them or you want like, so it was trying to also explain that. So I'm very, I'm, I'm so glad people got to hear it. I'm getting yeah. like, we're getting really good responses on it. We have yeah. like a, a mini commercial that's happening during the TV show, which is so exciting. Oh, Cause I thought I it was going to be like, yeah, I thought it was going to be like a little screen grab, like, and then this, but then they have like a 10 second commercial. I was like, that's our commercial. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. Congratulate. Yeah. What man. That's, that's so that's great. awesome. So because you recorded it so long ago, mm-hmm. are people bringing up things about it that you don't remember by any chance? Like, are there being like, oh, I love in the witches episode where Sarah Lyon said this and you said this and you'd have to go, yeah, I bet I bet I did. <laughs> and I'll you bet say, you I did. There's a quote in episode two where you say the last two years have been completely normal. Yeah. What right? did you mean? I'm like, <laughs> everything has been Fine. Fine. Um, <laughs> I think it's a great question. I think because I had to listen to everything so recently again for edits, yeah. I'm pretty up on things. But I did have someone, and I just I didn't respond to this person not because I'm trying to be mean, but I was like, I don't I don't know what I'm supposed to say to you. Yeah. This person watched the episode of the television show because the first episode of season two of Mysteries Decoded is The Conjuring House, mm-hmm. and Andrea Perrin comes back with her father Roger and um, Jen is there investigating and they have another investigators there as well and they're they're there with andrea i don't have andrea on my episode i have 
the the until very recently owners, yeah, Jen and Corey Hines, and, and I have Adam Barry of Kindred Spirits. Like, yeah. yep, that's who are on my episode. And this woman's like, so it said in Andrea's book. Like, she has a very specific question about like tied to Andrea, and yeah. do you know, like, and it, I was like, one, she wasn't on my episode. Two, I I have no idea. Right, like I don't, I don't. You'll have to I'm ask sorry? Andrea. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't what I worked on. I don't know. I didn't do that. And so I'm not trying to be like, I try and be very respect receptive to people and like questions and 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 um as people, oh, this is great and thank you and retweets and all that has been so amazing. Yeah. But I was just like, I don't I don't know what to say to you. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's it, I got nothing. I, I didn't talk to her. For yeah. the average person, it might be too in the weeds to be like it's two completely separate productions. Mm -hmm. you yeah, know, like, yeah. 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 yeah, that could be. So I also wanted to know, yes. have you always been into paranormal stuff? And like when you went for your American studies degree, did you sprinkle that into your studies at all? Like, did you at all look at things from that angle? That's a, that's a, that's a great question. So yes, I was the kid. I loved paranormal ghost stuff mm -hmm. i have sitting over to my right on my bookshelf here in my office my my time life mysteries of the unknown book series oh cool. hell yeah from original like that when they rules. were like here's a book we're gonna send you every time till the end of time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know like they were like civil war i'm like not interested they're like old west not interested two people were supposed to get on a plane and then it's like oh i'm so into this. i'm there so i was very much um I loved In Search Of, I loved Unsolved Mysteries per your recent episode. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still obsessed. I'm obsessed with the Unsolved Mysteries podcast now and the new seasons I know, they put it's up really and the good. old seasons, right? I like, haven't checked out the podcast. It's I really wanted, good. There's time. There's time mm -hmm. in the future to do it, obviously. It's great because yeah. they're short. Yes. Oh, yeah. They're like half an hour. Steve French does a really good narration job and yeah. you're like, and then they'll post updates. Yeah. So it's yes. kind of like when you get that reward from the old show yeah. and they're like, update. And you're like, yeah, it's here. That's great, yeah. It's here. Um, so I I was always into that as a kid. Ghost stories, um, you know, UFOs, alien, like all of it. Yeah. Totally into it. And um, also had family ghost stories growing up. So that was always like, let's, yeah. let's talk listening. about those. I'm listening to that, you know. And so then um, in my teenage years, I got involved in faith communities and uh, a faith community that was very like, we put that away and we don't mess with that. Yeah. So while it, I didn't I didn't, it wasn't like, Oh, I'm not into it. I was just quiet about it. Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm like, but the Holy ghost and they're <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. you know? And so, um, as, as I got older and that path, really changed for me and I, I will say these things that in being in a christian-based faith community for many years i i am fortunate that um i have always had lgbtqia plus friends and family so that was never a struggle for me yeah it was never like i was all about like why are we excluding instead of why are we including so i'm it's not like i had this crazy swing it was just more like I belong here and here's my social group for a long yeah, time. Yeah. Sure. And so when that changed very drastically and my, I think my belief pool and my practice pool got a lot wider, it was like, oh, I can be more, I think, open about mm -hmm. this and more like 
this is what I'm into instead of having to be like kind of underground with it. Yeah. Um, and so, and I know that there's people from previous communities that are probably like, uh, like, like, uh, very, you know, like, Oh, that's, that's of, you know, yeah, you have to keep them like separate good and evil and the devil and all that. And for me, that's not how I feel about things. Sure. Mm-hmm. And again, like I, I, you know, I'm old enough where it's like, I don't, I don't need your beliefs and my beliefs to look the same. Yeah. I can have my path. You can have your path. Right. And, right. um, so that's kind of how that came back. So it's always been part of my life to the academic question. So I was an adult returning student. Mm-hmm. I, I fin- I did community college right out of high school because I come from a low-income background. Um, uh, and so my parents, as much as they wanted to send me to college, did not have the money to send me to college. Yeah. yeah. And so they were like, you can go to community college, and that's what we can do. And I was like, okay. And so um, I took a lot of time off and then wanted to come back and get my degree for myself mm-hmm. and to see what other career opportunities, cause I come from like service industry, a lot of years in like coffee, the jewelry industry, sales management, things like that. You're but I so wanted something cool. else. You, you come You've from a lot of so places. Many cool things. I know. Yeah. How is it's this? Gonna- you also it's have only one person. You have a very like, you've got like such a, 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 you know, you're so confident about yourself and your experiences to say what you've done and where you've come I from. I love it. I don't think that I could ever describe myself the way that you're describing yourself. You I, sound storied and experienced. In- I so appreciate that, Will. And I, I, I take that as a really high compliment. I think that I'm very practiced in it being in the world of higher education because we're constantly like kind of pitching ourselves. Like, yeah, where are right. we? Right. What are we yeah, doing? Yeah. And so I think it's it's a mixture of honestly, um, it's being in higher ed, but it's also years of doing um, improv and comedy. Sure. <laughs> and being like, here we are. You've yes, oh, this yeah. is your life. Oh, listen, this you is- can you can wind me up and I'll just bullshit at you for like five <laughs> hours, but I didn't smell bullshit off of you. <laughs> well, and and I think that's the thing. Like, and and that is good to know because I don't I don't ever want that. Like, I. None of us need to be for everybody. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to be for some people and I'm not going to be for other people. And that's fine. Right. And I think that my part of my goal is like a person, whatever I'm doing, whether it's academic stuff, paranormal stuff, haunted stuff, like whatever it is. I you're getting me. Yeah. You're yeah. getting me as a genuine person, because I think that I know that people can smell bullshit from a mile away. Right. Um, the way when I would try and teach students about like good customer service or my, you know, my team members about customer service and other jobs, I would say, think about when you walk into a store and someone is like, hi, how can I help you? Oh, yeah. 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 Right. Versus, hi, welcome in. How can I help you today? Yeah. Those are yeah. two very same message, two very different feelings. Agreed. Right. And yeah. so to be genuine, to meet people where they're at. Um, and so, like, and and I think that was, like, one of the crazy things about, like, doing, recording the podcast, right? Because yeah, coming yeah. from, like, hey, we're doing this at our friend's house, too. I'm in this studio. Right. Like, because this is what the CW, like, yeah. I'm yeah. in the studio. And I remember the first day I showed up, I kept joking, like, when are the cameras going to show up? Yeah. And they're right. like, why do you keep saying that? I'm all, because I'm not, like. I feel like I'm in Hollywood right now. Like, yeah. I'm in, it feels very Hollywood. Yeah. And it's like, for me. 
you know, and they're like, what can we get? What do you need in the room? Like I had a room producer Ooh, who was very fancy. That's great. Dana, my room producer is amazing, but what I'm did like, you ask I'm, for? um, I, I would just be like, can I have to drink? Like I wasn't high yeah. maintenance at all. Cause, cause that's yeah, pretty high world, <laughs> The world is so small. Yeah. Yeah. And one, like, I don't need to be, I'm not, I'm, I joke with everyone, I'm the laziest peacock. Like, I can put it together <laughs> when I need to, but like, yeah. if it depended on me getting like real bougied up to like attract the world, like, it's yeah, not, yeah. I am, nah. I am the girl that's literally like the woman that can be like, oh, we need to go, like, let's, let's get it ready. Yeah. yeah. I am a very low maintenance, like, functionality is very much my thing. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, my one Dana, the room producer, ended up being so great and like baking me um gluten free blueberry muffins. Oh, that's <laughs> like, nice. Like, that's wonderful. Which is so nice, and they had drinks for me and things like that. But like, I was like, I'm here with you all. Like, I know right. I'm like talent, but I don't. I feel like but, a guest like, in a weird way. But I'm that's sure. why yeah. that's why things go that way because you are being kind yeah. to people. Would she have baked you gluten free cookies? If you had come in and be like, been like, oh, well, it's going to be, it's got to be lemonade. If I find one seed in it, I'm going to flip true. it. That's true. Would you, by being just sort of like on the human level, yeah. people uh, reflexively want to to take things to the next level and show their appreciation for you. So I feel like, ironically, the best way to get the best treatment is to refuse the best treatment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, totally. Because, I mean, in, in some of my other like worlds uh like so i know this is about to get more stories so chris and I, by me. I, I you know but um so when i uh back in the early 2000s mm -hmm. i worked for a certain uh punk rock uh superstar super, mm, super is anyone in punk rock actually a superstar yeah. i worked for a certain punk rocker and his publishing house mm -hmm. okay i'm gonna need mm -hmm. more info about, info about this uh, later so I worked for 21361 and Henry Rollins. Oh, back in oh cool. Okay. Back in the day. Yeah. And so when I worked for Henry at the publishing house, uh, and it was like, it sounded like publishing house sounds like their stories and like all these. It was like he published his uh, poetry. Myself, my direct boss, another guy, and then like Henry and his tour manager Mike when they were off the road. Like it hmm. was very small at that at that time it had been larger in the past but at that time and so when i was um working for them is when i got really involved with uh the west memphis three mm -hmm. and working on their justice campaign and so uh like henry had come off tour and he like threw the documentaries down on the desk and was like watch these we're gonna do something and i was like okay yeah. so i ended up putting together um getting to know the west memphis three support group that was working on their justice campaign, getting really involved with that and starting to put together fundraisers and, yeah. you know, having bands come and comedy fundraisers and like all of these things. And so getting and and with the publishing house to like working for a celebrity, but then also interacting with celebrities yeah. on the pretty regular. Um, so I got to see a lot one on one end of how people really respond yeah. to that and how they like the adoration they have. And, and what people mean to people. Um, because I think Henry is one of those people that means a lot to a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, but then on the other side, working with different celebrities and and comedians and stuff through the years. And honestly, of all the celebrities and, and comedians and musicians, all in that, that we worked with in that I've worked with 
in that whole time because it kind of became with the support group like if they needed a fundraiser they'd be like can you put something together for us i'm like sure let's start happening yeah um and so all of them have always been great i have no i have no bad stories about any of them their managers are another story and again seeing like this this view of i'm gonna like yell at you from off the bat or i'm gonna treat you with less than respect or dignity and all these things and i think being in and around the entertainment industry for so long and and having one foot in that world and one foot out i was just like there's no need for it no there's no need for it yeah and at the end of the day like i i don't i don't want to be the straw that breaks the camel's back like i don't want to be the shitty person at the end of the day in anything Yes. yes. Like I don't want that because you you never know what people are carrying. You no. never know what people are going through. And I think especially and and you and I have all kind of talked online and offline about this, but like in our grief journeys, right? Yeah. And like uh-huh. how it was when people were great to us and not great to us and 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 so I try and kind of meet the in whatever world I'm in that way. Um and I don't you know, it's like, it'd be great to be at the popular kids table, like all the time. But like, I'm a nerd. I've been a nerd my whole life. Yeah. Like I, you know, I was <laughs> like, I tell the story of, uh, in like second grade getting the like, uh, USA for Africa t-shirt with yeah. like the entire, yeah. and I wore that thing as if I had produced. Yes. Yeah, so you um, Right. Right. You personally. <laughs> And then so in awesome. seventh grade, when the Warner Brothers catalog was a thing, you know, in the Warner Brothers oh, stores, hell yeah. convincing my parents that as a future filmmaker, I needed a satin jacket with the Warner Brothers logo on the oh, back. Oh, nice. Like, oh, so my just God. <laughs> cool. Dream they, stuff. Right. And they bought that for, and I, for me for Christmas. Like that was the big gift that year. And I wore that thing as if I was like making deals and signing contracts and greenlighting projects. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. Were Bugs big Bunny. Time. I think I I, <laughs> one of the nice things is that I think we all grew up into a world where, and maybe this is still the case literally in school, but in my uh, perspective, there's not really a cool kid. You know, like I feel like uh, quote unquote geek culture has obviously. Uh, uh, sort of like become pop culture. Like mainstream, yeah. Mainstream, but in a way where it's like we all sort of know bits and pieces of these things, you know, and and Stranger Things, obviously, you know, I'm, I, I I certainly like it. I don't know that I'm like as uh, uh, sort of like gaga for it as people get, but sure. like it seems like it's sort of like everybody obviously relates to this idea of a story of kids who each in their own way are sort of disenfranchised uh, are, are, they have the answers and they have the power. I think it's like, we all relate to the idea of feeling like the outsider. And in that yeah. sense, there's been a great unifier mm-hmm. in the last few years, I think. Absolutely. And I, I feel that way too. And that's why I think it gets me really upset when I see people within geek culture and nerd culture gatekeeping. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm like, you're doing the, the very thing you were upset at people doing to you. You're doing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. stop doing that. Cause guess what? People can like what they like and they can like, I will say, I will tell, I am a diehard Star Wars fan to the end of time. I love Star Wars. I, I I love Star Wars on a pure level. Mm -hmm. I don't need to get into every fan fiction. I don't need to get into every book series. I don't, I don't need to, it's like, I can love Star Wars in my way. Yep. Right. But then I see other people like, well, if you don't, and I'm like, knock it off. 
Just knock it off. Don't yeah. hit that person. Nobody yeah. wants no to hang out with that person. It, it really is as simple as that. Just knock it off. Yes. Just, just knock be it off. chill. <laughs> like something in your way. Let other people like it in their way. What is the big deal? I know. Yeah. Right. I, I, I come from, you know, I did, uh, I got into podcasting in 2011, 2012, and certainly early days, like the people that I would interact with, it became quickly obvious that we all had a chip on our shoulder. Mm. Of I figured out how to do this and I'm going to do it my way. And we would like almost like have these like little wars where on my show, I'm going to rip you <laughs> apart on your show. You're going to rip me apart. And then at a certain point, I just got so tired and yeah. and it, it's just so much more pleasant to just sort of like the joy is getting to do it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the worst thing that can happen is you have a, a disagreement with somebody and you should hopefully just go your own separate ways and, and move on. Yeah. Um, I, it's so much more pleasant just enjoying things while you have time to enjoy them. That's it. Yeah. And because here's the thing. We, you know, we might have our theories about what happens after or in this time and space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we have right now. Yeah. And, and that we know for sure. So let's and bank we, on that. We extra know. I mean, like, it's always been, but, like, especially I think of anything the pandemic has put in perspective is it's, like, any moment things can go totally out of our control and then it's done. Yes. And so I think that it's, like, I want to enjoy what I'm doing. I want to like what I'm doing. And so this kind of ties back, Kristen, to your question about, like, paranormal and academic. Mm -hmm. Like, I did not go into American studies with any set thought. As far as like what I was going to study. And I actually went back to school as a communications major because I was told that was the sensible, like that's a good sensible major. Yeah. And I was honestly, and I was looking at entertainment and tourism because I had already been in that field, looking at nonprofit, all that. And I wasn't, I I was okay in those classes. I wasn't excited. And when I was doing American studies, I got excited. Now, to be fair, after my uh, first semester, uh, one of my professors was like, you should you should consider this as a major. And I was like, sir, I'm in a sensible major. (laughs) I was a little bougie about it. And then I get it. Yeah. And so but again, I was thinking in this like very boxed in way. And then I did another semester com classes in American studies. And by the end, I had such a great experience. I was like, I'm going to switch majors. And people were like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, you're going to teach? I'm like, maybe. But I know how to transfer skills. Like, I'm not worried about it. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's one of the things I tell students all the time. I'm like, your job and your degree don't have to match. Yeah. Like, that's not how the world works. Because if I was waiting for an American studier's degree, still American studier's job, I'd still be waiting. I know. I saw you did a TikTok about that. And I... I think I assumed because I haven't had higher education in that way that there did have to be kind of a direct correlation. So even though it doesn't apply to me, I was like, oh, that's cool. That's like comforting, I'm sure, for people to know. Yeah. And it's like I went back to school for myself. Yeah. And I, you know, I tell folks all the time, I'm like, look, we need everybody in the world. We need people with all kinds of degrees. We need people in vocations. We need we need everybody yeah. to do all kinds of things. Right. And so my path is my path. It doesn't need to be anybody else's path. Right. And so 
getting more into American studies, I started getting, I, I got to discover this whole new world. And so one of the first things I became obsessed with in American studies was I had an amazing class on Mark Twain. So I'm a total Twain nerd. Like that's a Mark Twain doll. Uh-huh. <laughs> me, right? like, yeah. So Will and I grew up in a town that Mark Twain lived in, in um, Redding, Connecticut. Nice. And there was the Mark Twain library. Twain House. Yes, Twain House, a whole yes. thing. So I got you. I'm going back soon. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, nice. I am. Yeah, I'm going back at the beginning of August for a, uh, a wedding party. Oh, cool. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So like I like I became I got into that, but then also doing more with like my what eventually ended up becoming my breath areas in the field are gender and sexuality, race and ethnicity, and ideals and institutions. So those are kind of my big three. But then my really focused area is death, dying, and grief in American culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so looking at um, death practices, looking at funeral culture, mortuary practices, but also, and I think as I've kind of been on this journey a little bit more, really honing into uh, the fact that we're grief avoidant culture and how do we allow people to grieve in those things, yeah. right? And how do we oh, allow yeah. people to um, be, be, how do we allow yeah. people to be? Um, and so like, getting the opportunity last year to do my TEDx talk on death and the college student and getting to do that work. Right. And so as I've like moved forward in these advanced, cause then I was like, once I got into American studies, I actually started considering a master's. Cause if I had stayed in comm, I wouldn't have, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And so then I got, I was like, I'm going to do a master's degree. And again, as this first generation, like poor kid, daughter of an immigrant, this was it it still blows me away that I have these things. Yeah, like yeah. I'm still like, I have a master's degree. And I was talking to some of my students about like that still it's still huge. Like it, my father had a seventh grade education. Yeah. yeah. Like I am still blown away by that. And so part of what I promised myself is that whatever whatever I did moving forward, if I could help it, because I'm also the person that's like, if I need to work a job to get it like yep. totally do get it done you know but if i can go forward in my life and use my degrees and this and do things kind of tied to that whether it's writing whether it's performing whatever it is like i want to get to use my skills and so then as like the paranormal has come back up um if you heard the bigfoot episode of the mysteries of coded podcast mm-hmm. with dr adam golub adam was one of my professors who's now a colleague and I took his monsters class when I was at, you know, at, at going to school. And so thinking about monsters and culture and horror and these kinds of things. And my brain is always kind of thinking about that. And sure. like, what is this saying about stuff? But then also there are days that I'm just like, can we just please talk about Mothman? Cause like, I just right. need Mothman. I'm like, <laughs> right. Without over intellectualizing it. I right. just want to talk about a fun, freaky flying guy. Right. Totally. I just want to read a book on hauntings. I just want to, you know, and, and have fun with that and the silliness of that, because it's also still that like childlike wonder in me. Sure. That is very like, I love these things and getting to be in this community. And I, you know, I've said this to some other folks is like, it's like getting to find this global community. It's like, these are all the people I would have wanted to hang out with as a kid. Totally. And now we get to do it as adults. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's so neat. 
And yeah, like I, why should it go and... away? Why do we have to get drier as we get older? You know, no, and, and not revel. Exactly. Like, let's revel in it. I mean, so much to what you were just saying. Like, I've got a big, uh, like, theory about life, which is that no matter what, at some point, you're going to end up at a funeral. It might right. be your own. It might be somebody else's. But that's where we're all going to end up at one. Mm -hmm. Until right. that moment, have fun. Yeah. Don't if run from it. Don't possible. pretend it won't happen. But but squeeze in the good stuff because inevitable. It's inevitable. It's mm -hmm. genuinely inevitable. Absolutely. So true. So Ugh. true. Yeah. Well, Darcy, one of the good things that you've squeezed in lately that I am so curious about is your work as a ghost tour guide at the Kellogg House. Yes. I would love to hear how you're finding it because it's relatively new. It seems like yeah. you're super enjoying it. Um. Yeah, I would like to know how it's going, and I would like to know about your outfit that you wear, whether you purchased it, whether you made it, whether they provided it. It looks so awesome, and I would like to know about it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, Where can Kristen get one is really the question. <laughs> so the first question is Etsy. I can totally send you the link, Kristen. So I'll be uh, sitting here on the goddamn episode. I would love completely that. Completely apropos of nothing, just in like a really big dress. I would, I would love that. Everybody. Can I get, what is that thing that like, I feel like Edgar, I can picture John Cusack as Edgar Allan Poe. And he's yes. wearing that sort of like tux, but it's got like that high tight collar. Oh yeah. Yes. I don't know what that's called, about. but yes, I do. I want an old, I'll, let's, let's yeah, dress just, like old. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay. I just, I just right. love the idea that from now on, whether you're on video or not, you're just constantly dressed as old Victorian people. That's correct. Which would be just yes. amazing. Yeah. You're going to hear me coming. You're going to hear my crinoline <laughs> swishing. Just, <Yeah. laughs> um, so to the the costume is my choice. Yeah. Uh, That's because so again, awesome. like I'm, I am, it's interesting because I'm not necessarily like a cosplayer. I'm amazed at good cosplayers. Sure. Our um, niece never is like an incredible cosplayer. Huh? Our niece is an incredible cosplayer. She's a costumer, like off Broadway for her job, oh, and she amazing. can make anything. It's unreal. She's making her right. own wedding dress. That's that is fantastic. Yeah, and she made and my wedding dress. Is, she rules. I and that like and I love that. But I also will be the like since I'm not a cosplayer, but I will told I'm up for a costume. Like people are like costume party, and so when I. And I will explain how that got involved, but I was like, "Can I, can I do a costume?" Yeah, and they're like, "We would love a costume." And I was like, huh. "Fantastic, I'm there." So I, because the Kellogg is a Victorian home, I wanted to be, and we're talking about ghosts and death. I wanted to be in full Victorian mourning. Oh, so awesome. I found a Victorian, like a reproduction on uh, by a maker on Etsy. Um, bought it big because you just never know when you're ordering from something online Absolutely. and they're like, oh, it's this size. And you're like, for who? You're right. Well, yeah. Who? You can always uh, take it in or take away. Take, Much harder right. to add on. Add on, right? And so um, I I got it and I I put it on the first time. I was like, why is this not sitting right? I was like, oh, I don't have a corset on. I don't have oh, a waist center yeah. on. And so I... Happen to have a I happen to have a hard boned waist cincher that I As used to do. wear when I uh, hosted a burlesque show for oh, years. I was the nice. MC and host of a burlesque show in LA, and so I was like, perfect. Like, yeah, hard. I'll put this what'd on. you call it? It's a hard boned. Like, is it literally right. just like wood? No, it's in this particular <laughs> one. So, no, no, no. Great question. So historically, in corsets, it would be whalebone. Yeah. 
And so, but now corsets are done with metal. And so like, if you want to like Fredericks of Hollywood or Victoria's Secret, and they were selling a corset, that's going to be, it'll have some structure, but it's very flimsy and more for show than function. Yeah. This has to be like, there are, uh, you know, drawstrings and cinching yeah. in and like, it's a whole thing. It's like and a the wrought fact iron that I, cage. <laughs> yes. And the fact that bone. I get into it. Yeah. That's what it was made wow. with. On my own every time, I am just amazed. Oh, <laughs> That's I've never put on like a corset like that. It would seem really hard on your own. I mean, kind of hard anyway with somebody helping you, but on your own, the dexterity, Darcy, the sheer it's, dexterity. It was, it's, and again, it could be tied better, but it works for if just a giant dress of crinoline. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, so, um, a uh, huge surprise i'm an extrovert everyone i know <laughs> that all the listeners are like what <laughs> this um, gal seems awfully reserved for a corset she yeah. is quiet um said so no one ever <laughs> usually it's like what's wrong you're really quiet um right but a signal but you know during the pandemic congratulations introverts it in many ways was your dream come true. Honestly, um, I was sitting pretty. There was almost no discernible difference. And I'm not right. even kidding. So like getting to be home, getting to like, oh, I don't have to people, all this. And so, but I, as a, a uh, and, I, and I'm going to say this, and please nobody groan because I know in our world, a lot of people say this. I'm an empath and I'm a highly sensitive person. Yeah. So I'm a feeler. Um, but I also know in, in like the paranormal world, people that I'm no, I, I know it's like, it's every, like such a like, thing. I, I too thing. am that, but saying it is like yeah. it's like yeah. you know, I'm like, mm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and so, but I'm extroverted, so I'm like the minority of the minority. It's like a superpower. So I was having a really hard time. Just like honestly, this is one of the things. Like I don't know how fully I've expressed to him, but getting to do euphemet and the Patreon hangs with Jim was a lifesaver. Mm. Um, John Tenney's movie hang nights, lifesaver. The clubhouse, the museum clubhouse yeah, with yeah. Greg and Dana and those events, lifesavers for me because it was feeling connection yeah. when I couldn't go out. Because, you know, people like self-care, self-care. And I was like, all of my self-care has been canceled. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's outward. I, yeah. I can't be with my people. I can't go to concerts. I can't go to comedy. I can't. I can't. Yeah. And so it just for me was feeling like uh like when your you know your phone needs to be charged and then you borrow a charger and so you get a little charge and you go to the next thing but you never fully like that's how I was feeling. So I was having a I was having a really hard time. Yeah. And so I was like as things were opening up, I was like, you know, and I think we all reevaluated like how are we doing life and I was like, you know, I love history. I love paranormal. I wonder if I wonder if haunted OC is is looking for docents. Mm -hmm. And the reason I really enjoyed haunted OC is because they do historical haunted tours. It's not jump scares. It's yeah, not yeah. a rig. Nothing's rigged or anything like that, which I know is that is some people's choice that I don't like jump scares. Sure. I get a little um, I get a little fighty yeah. and I would never want to hurt a scare actor because like that's just not what you want. Um, a friend of mine from college, John Schnitzer, made a great movie called um, Hauntings about uh, home haunts and and like the yearly haunts. Oh, I haunts. watched that. Yeah. yeah, we talked about it on the show. Yeah. And so with Hauntings, uh, seeing those scare actors who got like beat up in their backs and like, yeah, all, like yeah. I just I don't ever want to be that person. No. So I was like, I would love to do haunted historical stuff. So I reached out to them and was like, 
you ever you were looking for people and they're like actually we are and so we ended up getting together and i reached out to them like in october <laughs> so it's like reaching out Prime to santa time. at christmas yeah. Right, time. yeah um and so as you know we started getting into this new year they're like hey do you do you want the kellogg house and i was like sure that'd be great awesome and i was also excited as a paranormal investigator to have a place with reported hauntings that I got to be inside because many right. of the tours Haunted OC does are more outside. A couple we have Kellogg goes inside. The newest one, one of the newest ones called the Villa Montezuma in San Diego goes inside. And then the Santa Ana walking, the downtown Santa Ana one when it's up and running, because right now uh, they're having a lot of construction, but they get to go inside what's called the How Waffle House, which is an, another Victorian home. And so I was like inside. I yeah. love these grounds. Like and I was so excitedly. You know what I mean? Like I, I would imagine yes. you get such a different perspective just because of the repetition. Yeah, so many times. And so, you know, we <laughs> we started, we did like the initial walkthrough in January, like getting a tour of the grounds. And Jamie, who's the executive director of the Heritage Museum of Orange County, where the the house is, is just our people like she's yeah. just fantastic like the first day i showed up she's in this like denim jacket with a beaded dragon on the back and i was like let's talk about this jacket and she's yeah. like isn't this amazing like it is amazing like right and she's I there with a, a giant um amazing her dog's name is orville sue and he is a bloodhound oh. and he is the Aww. handsomest boy and so i was just like you are totally like we're yeah. connecting <laughs> so i like we basically did the run through and they're like, I said, when do you want to be up? Like, I'll get this. I can get this down. And so we started back because they had done tours before, but then the pandemic shut everything down. And so we started back in March and I've been doing two to three tours a month mm -hmm. and it's been amazing. There's been so many experiences, but also the synchronicities that have happened around me being there is wild. Oh, yeah. That's wild. Like what? What has popped up? <laughs> so um, when I did my final walkthrough with the house, I called my mom and I was like, mom, I'm like, she's like, well, what are you doing? I'm like, I, you know, I just got done touring the house and, and the director there. And I said, Jamie's name. And my mom's like, and my mom said her last name. She's like, oh, Jamie and I are in the women's club together and we're birthday twins. I totally wow. know Jamie. So that was like number cool. one. I was like, that's awesome. All right. Like, all right so okay. this should probably be good. It's a good sign. That was good. Okay. So we're like, cool. So then the night that we, uh, and as we had done the walk through the house, the first wife of Hiram Clay Kellogg, who built the house, she never lived in that house. The house was the wife, uh, the wedding present to his second wife, Helen. Um, but Hiram's first wife, Victoria, very dark, wavy hair. My hair is pretty straight right now because of the heat, but yeah. like I have very wavy hair normally. Dark wavy hair, strong dark eyebrows. And I'm like, this woman could be in our family. And so could his daughter from the first marriage. Like, that was a little, I was like, okay, yeah, we we'll all see how look this alike. Goes. We all look alike. So that's interesting. So then the night we do the final walkthrough, we start having activity immediately. And I'm like, okay, this is happening. Yeah. Then um, looking up Hiram's obituary. Uh, cause I, I liked, I wanted to dive in and give like good history on things. Um, diving into Hiram's obituary, I realized that he was a Mason, not a surprise for that time, 
but he also happened to belong to the exact same lodge as my partner does. Oh, wow. That's so, so they're cool. not just Masonic brothers. They're Masonic brothers. Yeah. Wow. Um, which was crazy. And then that night that I had found that out, I was on a tour and a guest pointed out this oil painting. That's not of Hiram, but it's of this like donated cool looking dude. Yeah. Like it's just a cool Victorian oil painting. And he's like, Oh, look at this guy's a Mason. Huh? Never been pointed out before. Mason's so then, abound. Mason's abound. So then I'm like, and I've been trying to find Helen's grave and like a, a picture of her grave. Cause like find a grave, you can find so much stuff. And I couldn't find anything. And so then on the next tour and a lot of the stuff in the house is donated of the time, this younger, uh, a uh, guest points out, he's like, what is, what is this pentagram on this China? And I was oh. like, what? So I come around the corner and it's order of the Eastern star. So it's the upside down five pointed star, but it's okay. their symbol. It's yeah. not, it's not, it's not a pentagram. It doesn't satanic, have... But he was very yeah. concerned. Like, why is there satanic China? And I was yeah. like, oh, that's order of the Eastern star. So I was like, I've got to find Helen's like, great. Yeah, like I've, got, I've got to find, it. I knew she was in a mausoleum that I couldn't get access to yet. So I, that night I look it up and Boom, pops up her grave that night, and there's the Order of the Eastern Star. Whoa. And I'm like, that's so awesome. That's so wild. that's weird. So then I had gone, so where a lot of the Kellogg's are buried um, is in Anaheim Cemetery, a couple cities over from where the house is. And so I went to, like, if I'm going to tell their stories, I'm going to go visit their graves. Sure. Like, and I love cemeteries, so why not? Yeah. So Victoria's Monument is towards the back. That's the first wife, but I knew that. Hiram and Helen and a lot of the other Kelloggs were in the community mausoleum and you have to go Monday through Friday to get into there. You can't do it on the weekend. So I'm like, okay. So I go and uh, the, the manager of the cemetery is like, whatever, like I'll let you yeah, on. <laughs> go care. on in. Right. But as we're going up to, and the mausoleum is built in 1914. So it's beautiful hand carved doors <laughs> And as he opens the iron gate and I see the wooden doors, there's like shafts of wheat carved in the middle, which are really beautiful and like symbolize purity and, and goodness. But all around, hand carved in this door, are Yorkshire roses. Okay. This is important because uh, as a memorial tribute to my dad, I have a Yorkshire rose tattooed on the back oh, of my wow. ass. <laughs> crazy wow so that was crazy yeah so i'm like okay how so I go satisfying that must have felt like you were like walking into some faded yeah place like yeah oh get it gets better so then i am like i do the stuff in the mausoleum i'm taking photos i'm like kind of recording in there just to kind of get a feeling i go out to the grounds and the groundskeeper comes by and it, it's not a huge cemetery. And so he's like, oh, hey, are you enjoying the park for the day? And he's like, I know everyone here. I'm the groundskeeper. And so I explained to him who I am and why I'm there. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. And he's sharing with me about how he, you know, he was at a different cemetery for 10 years. He's been at this one for five. He's like, oh, but I don't, I don't live here. I don't live in Anaheim. I live in Tustin. And I was like, where do you live in Tustin? And he's like, Oh, old town. I'm like, where in old town? And he's like, uh, and he told me the condo complex. I'm like, you're my across the street neighbor. Oh, that's What's weird. Going on? So what, so all these, so synchronicities, right? How do you, how do you interpret the sort of all these crossroads? I interpret them as I'm moving in the right direction. I like that. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm supposed to be here. And I think that like, 
it's been really interesting because I've been talking with Jamie um, at the museum a lot about how I'm telling her Helen's narrative yeah. because Helen Kellogg is who they feel. One of the spirits they feel has is in the house and has not left. And Helen has had, there are some challenging stories about Helen sure. for sure. And uh, she doesn't come across in the best light. But we've gotten some other paranormal experiences with Helen, and especially with babies. Like, Helen seems to really love babies and is very kind around babies and, and has comforted babies and sung to babies. And, like, it's been really powerful. So I've been trying to help people understand and not just paint her in this, like, terrible light. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of say like one blended families are difficult mm -hmm. because if you like, it, it's very well known that Hiram's first wife, Victoria was like the true love of his life. Yeah. So and to be so, the follow up is a weird place to be. The follow up is weird. And her relationship with the daughter from the first marriage was very strained, had a lot of, there was, it was very bad. Um, had some violence in there. Wasn't great. Um, but if we leave her at that and we only paint her one way, like we're also not doing justice to a complex human being in all these aspects. We contain multitudes. Yeah, totally. Right. Whether we be right. living or from the beyond. Yes. Yeah. And so I have really worked to try and, and kind of show all aspects of her. Sure. And I, and, and Jamie has said, she's like, there's some, when people are there, and care about the house, the house performs. Mm. Hmm. And the That's house shows up. Yeah, I, I really like, love that idea. And she, you know, she, I think she knows that you're there for a good reason. Oh, and I'm like, great. And for me, it's like, I, you know, and when I, when I, because uh, I get dressed at the museum because I can't drive in a car. I can't sure, drive in a way. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Very. Yeah, it'd be like up above bring, the steering wheel. Right. Bring the carriage around. Right. Take me to the grounds. Um, and so like sitting on a chair on top of the car, like Mr. Bean. Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. Right. <laughs> Hello everyone. So for me, like I really, you know, I will get dressed and then I will go walk the house to kind of just see what the feeling is in the house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Am I feeling stuff? Am I feeling something's here? Is it flat? What's, what's it feeling like? And I, it never feels malicious. It feels more active than others at times, but almost on every single tour, we've had something happen. Wow. I mean, That's almost awesome. on every single tour. And again, this is not a rigged house. Sure. Yeah. But I also like people are going to have different experiences. And of course there's going to be things that people bring as well. Yeah. And I love hearing people's stories. I love seeing how excited guests are get about things but i also love the fact that as a historian i can bring history to people in a really interesting way yep. and it's got me my american studies brain has really got this like i want to keep doing more continued work about like how we can do haunted history in really positive mm -hmm. inclusive and like non-violent ways because yeah. like one of the first things I asked when I got on the grounds because the grounds are on um swampland that belong to the Tongva people. Mm -hmm. And so one of the first things I asked Jamie um, when I was there with Ernie from Haunted OC, who's one of the Haunted OC founders, um, as I said, hey, if this is, you have swamp land in the back that is the gospel swamp, it's untouched swamp land. Um, do you all do a land acknowledgement here? And she's like, 
I love that you asked that. We're actually working on one right now. Hmm. And Good. so by the time we got the tour started, I have a land acknowledgement that we just start with. Nice. At the beginning of every, like to say like, hey, this is, this is important. But this is also why, like, if you listen to the Montauk episode of Mysteries Decoded, I was like, like on the way here. Yeah. Like, let's acknowledge that Montauk didn't belong to the government. Yeah. yeah. Let's acknowledge that it belonged to the Montauk people. And like, there's a longer history there, right? Like we're not the first ones. And so I think we can do history in really great ways, acknowledging power dynamics. So it's just been, I freaking love it. It's the best side gig ever. And part of my hope is to get to also do other paranormal investigations with them. Like Mm -hmm. I have this whole plan I'm working on right now to try and maybe bring a haunted event there of investigations and lectures and that kind of stuff. So my brain is working on that, but it's been, it's been amazing. That's great. I love that. It sounds like, it sounds like it checks like a million boxes uh, specifically for like you and your interests and your background and your knowledge base. Yeah. Uh, It sounds like it's a place where you can like, introduce people to interesting ideas and, and, and grow. I love that. It just sounds, it sounds very, I'm almost jealous of like, it sounds like you've got something that just fits really yeah. nicely. That's great. Well, and it's been cool because like, we also get to talk about like, I teach them about Victorian mourning and like customs at the time and different gender roles and things like that in very, Hey, here's the way of the world. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons that people don't, I, I know one of the reasons why people don't like history is either one, it's been told to them in really boring ways. Oh yeah. 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 Big and time. two, if they don't see themselves in history, if they can't place themselves in it yeah, and relate. Yeah. Why are you going to care? Yeah. Why are you going to care? Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> that makes sense. I was thinking, um, you said that, um, babies, what, what yeah. was it? She, she reacts really well with, with babies specifically. With and babies. I, I started thinking if, I so I'm a, a relatively new dad. Uh, my daughter Zoe is coming up on a year and a half. So she's so freaking cute. She's, she's, oh, I know oh the my baby gosh, makes me wonderful. so happy. I, she's I know. so great. She's the best. If if she was crying and and like we went to a haunted house, she was crying and then something just made her start like calm cooing. Down and feel better. Yeah, I think on some level I'd still be like, ooh, get away from my baby. <laughs> I think, sure, I, I think it's I'd natural. still be freaked out. I, I sure. think I think good, bad, irrelevant. I don't want anything coming near that kid. <laughs> right. I think that, and then you would go home later and be like, and you know, she's something? fine. She's away, whatever. Sure. Be like, what the hell happened? Uh, right. If that's something, that's awesome. I don't like that. You know? <laughs> well, it's just like, you don't want, you know, when strangers just come up and randomly. Yeah. Touch right. Yeah. Child. It's sort of that. Right. It's like, yes. no, this is not your child. And I can't right. see the stranger. <laughs> Right, right, so you can't and monitor you the situation. Stranger. Although, can you imagine if that was true for adults, though? Like, you go in there and you're sort of in a bad mood, and then you feel somebody just sort of, like, cheering you up. Like a pat on the back. <laughs> Give or me like, a little pet. Yeah, yeah, a little tickle, pat on the head. I'm like, I think everything's going to be okay. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to be just fine. I'm going to be all right. Like a little a little noogie, a little yeah. hair tussle. There you go, champ. <laughs> you know, a little swirly. A swirly, a wedgie. A fun. Yeah, yeah, we're just friends. <laughs> That's what the bullies told me. You get it. You get it. Yeah. We do this because we like you, punch. Yeah. Uh, Darcy, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Personally for me, and also I think everybody's going to really enjoy listening to this and Absolutely. learning more about you. I had a hell of a time. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so You're much, so Darcy. You're welcome. Uh, Please I've, tell everybody I've, where they can find you and your multitude of projects. Yes. 
Yes. Um, this is exciting because I actually get to say uh, right. you can find the Mysteries Decoded podcast wherever you get, listen to podcasts. Look for the all seeing eye. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Darcy Staniforth. So D A R C Y S T A N I F O R T H. Um, and, you know, I post about uh, the haunted tours though, or post about other things that are coming up. Also a lot of dog photos and ridiculousness. Perfect. I love so that. If you're in for that, Again, great. not unlike Helen Vance, you contain multitudes. Yes. <laughs> I like contain, all kinds of stuff. I contain multitudes, but yeah, come, you know, come say hi. Let me, like, if you heard me on this and discovered me on this, like, let me know. Cause I, I love to, to get to interact with folks and, and see, build this community to better and better people. That's great. That's great. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being part of our community. Yeah. And everyone out there, go check out Darcy and we will see you back next time on Guides to the Unknown. That's right. Thank you so much, Darcy. Thank you. Bye, everyone. All right. Thank you so that, much. That was great. That was incredible. That was thank you so much. So much fun. That was you really are great. so cool, Darcy. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about I'm it. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm 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 excited we got to do this.